0: What, are you serious? And we are live with lesson sixty of <laughs> Men of Torah. I won't even begin to tell you what these guys were talking about.
1: It's not for
2: Oh
3: man! Yeah, it's, but it, it's a it's commandment in Torah, so you know.
1: Yeah, there it you is. Be so, to this. <laughs> probably stuff that will be happening during the
3: times of revelation. There's
0: no question about it.
3: Yeah, yeah. So that's like be something that people in the synagogue of Satan are doing.
0: Ooh, yeah, it could be. Yeah. Not. Well, you never know. Is that red light on? It, it is. is. Outstanding. All right. So, uh, Mr. Upham is in Houston. Uh, Mr. Martin and his sons are getting ready for their 12 days in South Korea. I've tried to encourage yeah. them to, to at least visit North Korea. Public oh, pieces on the
2: horizon? That's exactly
0: right. The okay. first time a North Korean has uh, stepped foot in South Korea, according to Josh, only a couple of feet. Um, was in 1953. So, um, oh, this is history a, once again. Just is give been our main. president a Ah, of Yeah,
2: there you go! Oh. Go <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who is destined yeah. to fail has once again. Exactly right.
0: So, bottom line, uh, we are almost done with our study, and it's not surprising that it's uh, difficult for. So the men to get here after a year of study.
3: And yet, it is mostly because of the time. They just happen to be either out of town or going out of town. Because the study has been so good. We want to be here.
0: Bam. Well, I want to be here, and I want to finish this study. Only because I want to be able to say, I finished this study
3: you earnestly desire I do years.
0: second John is a single chapter from an elder to an elect lady and, uh, and her children and her children yeah so uh, I tended to see this as a very crisp letter. Um, in our day, you know, all kinds of booby-scooby uh, is made of even the most innocent things. And would you would you call this a love
4: letter?
3: It mentions well, love. Love
4: is a yeah, topic. Would you it call means. it a love
3: letter?
4: Uh, no. no. No.
0: So one word. I'm going to go around the room. I'm ending with you. Take it. Get a grip. One word. How would you describe the letter? Love, encouragement, um, appeasement, lawsuit. Yeah. What would you say? Pass. I regretfully did not read. Read Second John. You'll be done in a minute. Go. What do you commandment. think? Commandment. Command. I like it. Keep the commandment. Oh, I actually like that better than the first one. Okay. Nice. Truth.
3: Good. Um, Commending. Commending. I commend these things to you.
0: Yeah, I get that. (laughs) (laughs) So, an exhortation? Yes. Professional. Good. Warning. Ooh. So do these things from alex's perspective but hey do these things but watch out kind of from your perspective because yeah. people
1: want to be false and teach you the wrong thing. nice and bam bam i like it. it i like if it yeah what do you
2: got godfather truth truth what do you think
3: i like truth also like what very good warning? warning okay you could also say short the whole book is like 13 verses. Like, <laughs> it's a very short book. I, yeah. If you remember it's a book of
0: the Bible, this one's... Which, uh, which makes
3: a normal-sized letter. Right, it's true. A it's One letter. sheet. Yeah. This, yeah. by the way, I think makes verse 6 stand out even more and why in my mind, one of those rare times in the Absalom Scriptures where we've been reading where I don't think there's any possible explanation other than the Torah for this particular context. So
0: let me read that to the folks that are listening online. And maybe in a Slovenian country that doesn't have a Bible. And this is love, that we walk according to His commandments. This is the commandment, just as you've heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. What a a great way to end a Bible study like ours. If you don't
3: translate the word, the commandment, to equal the Torah, this verse is a giant circle using up an inordinate amount of space in a 13-verse book. So, in my mind, the only way this verse justifies itself for even being in the book is if the, word, if the phrase the commandment is referring to the Torah. Otherwise, it reads something like, and this is love, that we do loving things. This is what loving things look like, that you should be doing them. I mean, it's like, what? Why did we... It's like some sort of weird fortune cookie that's sort of spun on top of itself. But if you read it this way, and this is love, we walk according to the commandments of God. This is the commandment of God, the Torah, which is something you've heard from the beginning, and it's been instructed to you to walk out. So You should keep doing. And tole
0: is this word for commandment. And fortunately, if you look for that word, that Greek word, in all of the apostolic scriptures, you've got about 45 to 50 occurrences, maybe a few more. You would be hard-pressed, in context, to not come to the conclusion
3: that it's the Torah. Because, and it's important, because in Hebrew, the commandment is a nickname for the Torah. The Torah, exactly.
0: Good. All right, are we good here? So what does it mean to abide in the teachings of Messiah? I have a problem with that.
3: It's because you spent too much time listening to people tell you what abide means. <laughs> like, uh, I just want to rest. I am resting. Just... I had to actually look it up.
1: Okay. Did you, did you come up with anything cool?
2: Maker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah,
4: it's... it's, it's I, uh,
1: I looked it up uh, this Sunday, oh boy, um, it's something about letting go, something like that, um, it, avoiding it way I think, I, it's
3: a little rough right there, because there are many different meanings for it, I don't know why, then it's really old um, encyclopedia, apparently. What what kind of word is it, is it a
0: noun or is it a verb? It's a, I'm, I'm trying to find it in the verse, what verse is it? In?
3: Abides in the teaching. That yes, the eight, nine. right? No, oh, it's nine,
0: right? Yeah. Okay, so abide is
4: meno. Okay, makes sense. Why I couldn't find it because mine doesn't use the term abide. So sorry what, about that. Is the
3: Greek meno sounds familiar?
4: To stay, staying. That's what it says. Oh. Staying. It is the <laughs> perfect.
3: Yeah. But see, this again, to me, sounds like um, a Hebrew concept that I think has. Because in, he, in, in, in Hebrew, the idea of staying consistency is linked to the concept of faithfulness. It's linked to the concept of being steadfast. So, put it in. So, like, here's an example. Put it in more modern terms. Um. seen this song i will back down that idea like you're gonna you're gonna stand up for what you believe <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna stick with it you're not gonna let somebody shake i got a better example your approach how many years have you
2: been seven
0: five. So five this guy Five? five. five? so my five my, whole, my whole concept with you was that I don't believe in divorce.
2: Hmm. You get married. You get engaged. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a commitment.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: This is the word. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. Abide. I like that. Right? Yeah.
3: So, in the. Uh, but it's different from rest. Should oh, I no, there's,
0: there's no It's not like rest.
3: Right, no, I'm saying I think, you're, I think you're right because I think that the Christian church oftentimes translates by as rest. Right, Do so not.
0: this is to continue, to dwell, to lodge, mm-hmm. to sojourn, to right. settle, to last, to endure, to remain unchanged, to be permanent, to persevere. Right, right. In, in right. my mind, right. These. Mm. this is the word that was in my mind when I talked about marriage. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. It, it's just like you're. you're Stay the course, right? Mm-hmm. This is something you're you're staying with, you're resolving to remain within. That's this word. So the folks on the on the uh, audio may not appreciate our relationship and our understanding. And in fact, three of the men in this room, with with regard to marriage, and there's just. There is nothing that could dissuade you right. from remaining
3: in that. This is it. Abide. Which is, makes total sense in the context of the letter, because as Greg was pointing out, it's a warning. There yeah. are scary people around are teaching other things. Yeah. And he's saying, stay the course.
4: I mean... But it's specifically dealing with the ministry of Messiah. It's, abiding, not talking, abiding abiding it's not talking about teaching. all the other commands, it's specifically talking about how the Torah relates to the ministry of Messiah. Okay. And people are falling away from that, from confessing that he is the Messiah who okay. came in the flesh. That is so, the main point of this. Okay, so is that anyone who teaches Torah but does not teach Messiah in lieu with Torah, you should not even listen to him. So so
0: everyone I'm
4: gonna read it. Everyone
0: who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Messiah, does not have God, whoever abides in the teaching of Messiah, has both the Father and the Son. So, let me challenge you. What is the teaching of Messiah? What, in your mind, what is is the teaching of Messiah
4: to which he's referring? Well, I go back to seven, because they who are leading astray went out into the world who do not confess Yeshua Messiah Damn. as coming in the
0: flesh. Damn, there it is. I think, I agree, that's the teaching of the Messiah. That the Messiah is Yeshua, and that he was raised from the devil. Mm. Let,
3: let, 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 the, hang
2: on. That the kingdom of heaven repent, the kingdom of heaven at hand. Amen there is
3: exactly but I do think the flesh reference here is so we're going to get into this more when we get into what um, we well, are kind of already are 1st, 2nd, 3rd John and Revelation Jude they're all talking about some of the mystical theories being kicked around at this stage one of which is detaching spirituality from the physical, physical body right. so that in so doing you can literally do anything you want with your physical body because well it's not what What's inside your heart is different. Your mind is different. You believe something different. Yeah. And we and the really connect with God is all a mental thing. So whatever you do with the body doesn't matter. Yeah. So you can you can have all sorts of morality going on, whatever else, because mentally you're at one God. And so what they would do, this particular doctrine would argue that Yeshua was a spirit. That he didn't actually he wasn't physical blood. He was just um, a being God's representation on earth, whatever. But like he was not uh, because he. to make him physical but then to make him kind of you know lower dirty how would you argue that immediately the physicality of the master are
0: you against it or argue for it argue against that crap and argue (laughs) for his physicality i would ask you to quote the master himself after his resurrection You notice how I put him on the spot and just let him squirm. I love it. squirming s- a little
2: bit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so we can use the words of the Master? Mm-hmm. He would encourage you to. Yeah. Only in the original Greek. Yeah. Um, so here's, here's a person that's
0: denying that Messiah was here in the flesh.
1: So it was... Uh, First of all, that doesn't make a lot of sense just based on what we know. Obviously, if he died, that wasn't a spiritual death. That's clear. Um, but that, and and the the tenet of Paul's writings and the tenet of our faith should be the resurrection, which also implies death, and, Although, and, and, that that
0: would be, and then coming if, to life. And then First Corinthians chapter fifteen. I right. think, though, that the he's resurrection
3: correct. actually is probably one of the primary ways you argue that he's not in the flesh. See, he wasn't even alive He wasn't the body in the first place. It all was a roots. People couldn't tell anything. That it.
0: whole swooning theory and all that. that so, well, that, what I, would you say?
3: That wouldn't be called resurrection
1: then, though. What right? would you say but, but, to somebody but, who says it? So, so are, are you thinking of when Yeshua uh, shows up after his resurrection? Shows up is a good, dis- common <laughs> term. Descri- uh, describing his, his current state yes. being not glorified yes, encouraging his disciples to actually touch his physical body he was glorified at that time it was when he was not glorified no. that he told the women not to touch him oh. but when he was glorified he right. said to men
0: yeah. go ahead, feel my hands put your hand in this hole Yeah, see, and he didn't say flesh and blood but flesh and bone
2: mm.
0: I'm not a spirit, I'm flesh and bone, touch, put your hand in my side, see these holes, touch me. These are not the words of an apparition.
3: The other argument, and this is actually one that has been, that is not dead, it's still out there, is that Yeshua was just a normal man who got overwhelmed by the spirit of God for a certain amount of time, and that made, you know, his ministry special, but he himself wasn't special at all. This is, again, diminishing the person of Messiah as just sort of like a, you know, basically right place at the right time kind of dude. Regular Joe rather than a regular Jew. This concept was kind of promoted even in the last 20 years in one of those, you know, bad old TV show type things. So okay. it's not a, it's not gone. And again, John, in verse John and in this book, is emphasizing, like, no, this... He was through and through all the way. You get the reference from Second Peter talking about the uh, the bound of transfiguration. Um, you get the references to the resurrection, and John makes a point that it's the water, the blood, and the spirit. So he's he's connecting them as being like, intertwined. Is all part of the same testimony of who right. Yeshua was. Right. So the the, the the this particular teaching was dangerous. It's not only because of his attacks on Yeshua, which were dangerous themselves, but because also they had a practical outlay of divide what you did versus what you thought. And of course, Scripture is fundamental that what you think is what you end up doing. The deed and thought are connected. You are what you think. You are what you do.
4: Which is the crux of his ministry. Right. He's trying so i say that argument, it, it, I don't think it was that prevailing of a view point at this point. Was that even...
3: Well, from what I understood, to the studies that I've done in the past, Gnosticism is the the term that's thrown around for this, was something of a a threat to the uh, first century believers. Um, It was creeping in. In fact, if I recall correctly, it becomes somewhat kind of, well, I think it causes a whole bunch of issues with the quote-unquote church as it becomes less and less Jewish over the next several hundred years. Which is why you have the having to have the Nicene Creed and other types of things. So, well, as we pull away from, it's not what I
0: think. It's not what I believe. But what you it's what, I is what I do. You do, because what I do, demonstrates to everyone else, truly, mm-hmm. what I believe, and therefore what I think. But you're right. Gnosticism is a big problem, and. Thinking ourselves out of the kingdom of God, to your point, I believe is still an issue. Mm-hmm. Say that again? Thinking, yourself Thinking out ourselves of of out of the kingdom of God. By saying, well, you know, you know," some, some guru comes along and says, well, he was just a pointer to real truth. And they say things with a really cool baritone voice that makes you want to believe that yes, you too are Messina. And this is all just a bunch of hooey. Harmonizing Eastern mysticism. Exactly. (laughs) Blending it together to say, you are one with the universe, and the universe is one with you, and you can be all things, and blah, 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 and I'm not gonna give them credit or time, but that's what was going on all the way and it's still going on today Messiah was a man just a man like you and you and me but there was a difference he was also God not like you not like me (laughs) not like you and unfortunately not like you either that's a big difference and it's a difference that the Orthodox would have us for say. You tell me that this guy was the Messiah. I'm willing to listen to you. As an Orthodox Jew, I'm willing to listen to you. Did he rebuild the temple? No, but come back and do it. Okay, I'm willing to, you know. It's a whiff. I'll give you a swing and a miss. But he's still up at bat. I got it. The bring world peace. Nobody will. Okay. Strike two. Swing and a miss. But he's still up at bat. I'm willing to give it to you. Did he gather in all of the Jews, or we would say the elect, from the four corners of the earth, and bring them to Jerusalem and set up his kingdom? That's precisely what he's going to do when he comes back. Okay, I don't know how many strikes we've got in this game. But I'm willing to give it to you. Because you seem like you really live. So we're mishpacha. We're family. We believe in the coming of Messiah. You believe he came before I believe he came before. Whether he was a Messiah or not, seems to be disproven so far. But I'm willing to give you a bye. I personally, along with at least one, if not two other guys here, had that conversation with an Orthodox rabbi sitting on that couch. Now, when I mentioned that he
2: was God... We sort of went in the toilet. Mm-hmm. Do they? Okay, so. Not they. Would a Jewish rabbi. Orthodox? Orthodox rabbi. Would they agree that the Messiah that they are waiting on is God? Yeah. No. Absolutely no. But 2,000 years ago they might, right? It's Why so, would they not though? So. It's, so it's one so differentiator the for them for the Messiah that I is say, to come Ezekiel's. and God? What's the differentiator there? Yeah. Yeah. They believe that there's been many Messiahs, and uh, not, no, kings, no, not many Messiahs. We're, we're
3: all about the one that is to come. They well, are waiting on. They, they believe that Messiah is a not a title, but it's like it's like a it's a role. It's an event, and so yeah, Messiah so, comes. So. Who it is is not as
0: important
2: so as So then the fact technically that he they're saying that, that God has sent this man everything they say about remedy.
0: Everything they say about the Messiah, we believe. Everything we say about the Messiah, they believe. Except, Except until them. we get to the point that Messiah fixes the problem of sin. Mm. Because original sin is not something that they normally deal with. Do they deal with it? Sure. Just not a lot. And definitely not recently. One has the question, why do the Orthodox not allow young men to study the creation story? It's not allowed. Why not? Because you're young. You're new to the Torah. You might blaspheme the Messiah. You might blaspheme God. Because you'll be studying about the Messiah. Why? Because it's Messiah who created the world. That's what they believe. And in so doing, you may blaspheme the Holy One, blessed is He, by studying the creation story. Well, some or another, they're there's got to be a juxtaposition of the Messiah. If the Messiah, the Holy Messiah one created
1: the, the world, yeah, right, right? And it's not right? yet here, then yeah. There's a well, yeah. That's how that's we a a of so, putting so that together? Right. A lot of mystical. Yeah. The, it, it depends on the level that they're on, right? Like, so from a political standpoint, if you're discussing Messiah in a political context, it's most likely going to be that an event or or maybe like a role to fill. That's right. A leader of some kind. Of, or the minute you, minute you, you start getting into more of the mystical, that's where there are a lot less lines between what we mm-hmm. believe and
3: what they believe. Exactly. Almost, not quite, but it's almost the point of of terminology and substance. Yes. Now, I would now I would
0: I would argue, just real quick, to 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 kind of put a, a, a fence around this. Rick Spurlock, his father, recognized. That mystical Judaism or those who lean that way believe so much according to what we believe that you would say that they have the same belief. And his study of first John is all about the light. And the Hasidic understanding of drawing near to the light. And having a tzaddik that would obviously have a better relationship with God than you, and you drawing near to that righteous one, would provide you an opportunity to send your prayers through him. On his behalf, because of his righteousness, these prayers would be answered. These concepts, as Gregory said, this spiritual understanding of the relationship between God, man, and righteous men is so like Christianity that Rick's study of 1 John is almost unintelligible unless you're willing to look at some of the spiritual aspects of our faith outside of Christendom. So, we're wasting time, guys. If we're going to try and make Orthodox Judaism and our faith and Messiah all kind of fit in a box neatly. It doesn't fit neatly at all because God doesn't fit in a box neatly at all. And the whole what's going to happen in the future is sort of shadowy and so forth. Our study uh, later on at the end of the year uh, that we're going to do on the end times, is going to start with what do Jews believe about the end times? How is this all going to come to fruition? We're going to start with their perspective from the Orthodox, the Hasidic, and so and the uh, and the Zohar and so forth uh, and all of that. And Then we'll compare that with the biblical perspective. I don't really care what the Christian perspective is. Let's look at the biblical perspective and we'll put those together. But now. We're never going to get through a second John unless you guys recognize that truth. Comments, questions? Okay. Third John. It's even shorter. Diatrophies seems to be in big trouble. What's up with diatrophies? He puts himself first.
4: He does not receive us.
0: (laughs) Okay, he's a bully. He doesn't receive them or him. Does not acknowledge authority. Yeah. Yeah,
1: he doesn't. He doesn't doesn't appreciate where they're coming from.
0: And he's talking wicked nonsense.
1: Trying to discredit them. Yeah. What do you think? Jew or Gentile?
0: I would say he's got to be a Gentile. That's, That's quite a Greek thinking. name. Yeah. I know, it's a very that Greek a name. name. I was thinking. It doesn't mean
3: anything, you're right. Um, not at that time. But it's interesting that the passage right before it, talking about the heroes in the group. Um, they, it says, verse 7, for they have gone up for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Almost kind of, uh, basically, they weren't selling out, is maybe another way to say that. And I think it's interesting that then. Two verses later, we start bringing up Diotrephes, um, who apparently has real authority issues. What do you think was the biggest issue with which Paul was concerned
4: with regard to Diatrophes behavior? What did someone say was the worst of the seven sins? Well, what that was God it? hates. What was it?
0: What, what's the deal here?
4: Discourse among brothers.
0: I generically I agree. But specifically, what was Diotrephes doing that really bothered Paul the most? And John. Talk about John, right? Sorry, John. <laughs> I've been in Paul so long. Yeah. <laughs> what what was John so upset about? What was the big deal? By the way, is John, a Jew? For a Gentile. He's a Jew. What was
2: John's big deal? Same putting them, um, refuses to welcome brothers, or the brothers as Jews. Yeah. And then puts them out and says, yeah. we'll not welcome them yeah. and puts them out of the church.
0: I think that's the big problem.
4: Yeah.
0: I think John is very upset that when Jews show up, At this assembly, Diotrephes doesn't want to have anything to do with it. I believe this is the beginning of the whole anti-Semitic movement that eventually splits the assembly into, no, we're Jewish, and we practice Judaism, and no, we're Gentiles, and we practice Christianity. I think you see the Caesar right here. This is one of the last things written by the apostles. It's an anti-dentite. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big deal. It is a
2: big deal. Mm. And The next line after that is Beloved, do not imitate evil but imitate good.
4: Mm. And how much more to put out God's people. That is tough. I'm sure some of the Orthodox rabbis would probably champion the separation because they again felt threatened of their own identity. Sure. They did. So it was on both sides.
0: Well, there's no question. I think uh, for those listening along, uh, we've, we've got a couple things that came together all at the same time. Right? It's a perfect storm kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, look look on the Gentile side. They're they're being spurned by the Jews. They they can't go to the synagogue, which is the place. There were no churches. There was no place to worship other than at the synagogue or at the temple. They can't go to either one now because the Jews are pushing them away. Um, in the big revolt, historically, we understand that the believers in Yeshua followed his command and left down.
3: So they weren't there to help fight the Romans. Which okay. was actually a dividing point amongst Jews. Absolutely. That was, uh, oh, who was the, the rabbi that was smuggled out in the casket? Uh, not
0: Akiva. Um,
3: Zokah. Oh, yeah. So, that and he did that not because he was afraid of the Romans, because he was afraid of the Jews. Right. The, the zealots who were running the city were threatening to kill anyone who tried to leave because they were trying to make a last stand, gotcha. basically.
0: So Yohan Ben-Zakai is smuggled out of the city, alive, in a coffin. you got to wonder about the implications about, you know, the ritually... Un-
3: oh, I don't know. <laughs> so, would it be used? Mm-hmm. So to say, make a point of saying that it wasn't just like it was a Christian-Jew thing, Correct. it was an intra-Jewish split. Unfortunately, in our context, we're talking right now, the believers in Yeshua ended to all be in one group. That's so, right.
0: so they yeah. they they booked a Pella. They're they're gone. Because they were listening to the Master's words. But then on the flip side, you've got the Jews who are looking for assistance from those who have claimed to practice Judaism and have now abandoned them. You've got those who have claimed to practice Judaism, because there was no such thing as Christianity. And here comes the temple tax. Here comes now the Roman tax, Fiscus Judaica. This is the tax if you're a Jew, and it was amazingly harsh—70, 80 percent of your wealth. This was about two, three hundred A.D. At this point. No, no, no. We're still. Are we still this early point?
4: on? Yeah. Was it really that Yeah. Okay.
0: So that's that's one of the things that caused them to revolt, and. Unfortunately, our brethren, Gentiles, said, Oh, no, <laughs> don't have to be that because I'm not Jewish, you see, really. Yeah, well, you practice Judaism.
3: Well, do you know,
0: Judaism, can you practice Judaism if you're not Jewish? Really, that's the big question. Yeah, so they start to hedge their bets. So you've got Gentiles backing away from Jews, and you've got Jews shunning Gentiles. So, in, in total, it's like, you know, two negative poles, or two uh, negative poles on a, on, a, on a magnet pushing away from one another.
3: And the only thing that held them together in the first century were the apostles. That's right. Because they had Jewish teachers who had lived with the masters, they had authority, quote unquote, And, and they, credibility on the credibility Jewish with side. The, with the, well, with both. They had credibility with the Jewish side because they were good, godly Jews. They had credibility with the Gentile side because they had been with the master. Yeah. They, had, they had learned from him. They were the ones telling about it in the first place. Right. But once that generation dies, I mean, almost immediately, John who writes this. He's writing right at the end of the first century, 95 or so. He dies right around what, like 100. And almost within like eight years, you, you have, have Christian leaders got a complete who are preaching an anti-Semitic approach to the Bible.
0: And throwing off the festivals and
3: everything else. So, I mean, it's, it's really fast once that leadership of Jews is on. Because now, as you are saying, the division... Well, who's lead Gentiles? Gentiles! Who don't know what they're doing. That's right. So, you know, let's take 66.
0: 66 of the time era is when the Jews revolted against the, Jew, uh, the Romans. So, from 66 to 100. Now, you've got 40, 30 years, right? That... We're, we're struggling in some type of war or problematic issue. And all the while, this is becoming wider and wider and wider. Mm-hmm. So by 100 or slightly before 95, 92, whatever it may be, when he's writing this letter, the schism's almost for sure. And I think he's making it clear that he sees it. And diatrophies, is nothing special. He's just a name of one who's obviously shunning the brothers. So I would call Second John the beginning of the end. Third John. Second
4: John.
3: That was yeah that was third, right? Yeah. That's yeah third. went third John right no, I beg your pardon. You're in Third John. Mm-hmm. Third John and then you can call Revelation the end well there <laughs> it is
0: so I'm in <laughs> Revelation 1 right now and just go blood to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom priests to his God and Father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever Amen. yeah I mean, I mean, right I mean. That is uh, Revelation chapter 1, and verse 5 and 6. And to me, it's a great summary. Behold, he's coming with the clouds, and every eye will see it, even those who pierced him, and all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him even so. Amen. And there it is. So that's, that's John's premise now as he writes So uh, I want you to look past Alex's head to that light switch and picture a circle right around that just touches the light switch. If you recall our map class, that's those seven assemblies right there. Right off the coast, tiny little island, Patmos. Uh, According to tradition, John's been dipped in boiling oil. His whole body is one big blister. Yeah. What is it you don't want to have on a sore? A blister. Salt. 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 And what is the Isle of Patmos but a salt mine? Mm-hmm. He's in exile and he gets to write. Can you name the cities? Can you do it in your head, in a circle?
3: No. no. I don't have the geography down.
4: And I wasn't here for map class. <laughs> you know how <he laughs> you always say, like. <laughs> and it was his idea. From the beginning <laughs> to the maps? From the
1: always, beginning of the maps. Yeah. But you stopped the, at the maps. maps. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Ephesus, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. Smyrna. It helps. To, it helps if you happen to know all these little tiny small American towns that are all named after these places. Nice. Small like Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, more, I think so it's I, Smyrna, Georgia.
0: But yes, yeah. So, is still, still a bad place. I think. <laughs> I think what we need to look at is. I don't think John believed that he would be able to get his. Missing out to Jerusalem, to Antioch, to Corinth. Across the way to Macedonia. I think that representatives from these communities came to see He's the last living apostle. There was some kind of Hooby Scooby theory that he would live either forever or to see the coming of the Master.
4: You don't hold to that belief, I assume.
0: He's dead, but I think some people at that time did, and I think it gave him a sort of a Barnum and Bailey kind of calling, and people in these assemblies to come and see him and understand what was going on, and
4: because they came, that's who he addressed this to. Yes. Um, I would say, did he, was he not present on the Mount of Transfiguration? He was. He was Yeshua not at that point four or five? Absolutely. To that degree, that I would say he saw him in all his glory. Yes. That's Unfortunately, cool. it was after that that it was said.
3: But the revelation, I think, is pretty good. Parallel. No, no, it was
4: and said. It was said before that. Was it? Was it not? I think it was at, you know, at or before, right around the Pesach. I think it was. Before, I think it was after. I think that. that saying was before the Mount of Transfiguration. Now that he would live forever was said afterwards. Or the surmise that Peter asked, "What about him?" and he said. It's not for you to know, right? But well, that's, not well, com- that's not the same. That's not the same subject as he will see me in my glorified state. Peter saw him in that same glorified state. Yeah. Why would Peter ask that question? Because he didn't want to be crucified. No, I <laughs> he wanted to take. Isn't he going to get the same? I don't. I measure. Think, <laughs> I, I think it's. I think it's. It's a different
0: issue. So, but again, the, there was still some kind of understanding. Bottom line, either these people came to see him or he looked across the water and understood that there are communities in those seven cities. I find that a little hard to fathom because I look out in the mornings when I'm sitting outside and I know there's several cities beyond here. I can't see them, I don't know who's in them, and it's difficult for me to even pray for them, let alone know the names of the cities. So, work with me, try and feel, smell, and hear the gospel. you got to wonder why this guy's writing to these seven cities.
3: Well, I was thinking specifically because Yeshua has a message for each one, so there's obviously, like, it's pointed to them on purpose. But also, you mentioned Jerusalem, earlier. Right? Jerusalem be a very weird place to write a letter at this time because Jerusalem is currently like practically non-existent. There's nobody living there that's Temple's destroyed. Right. So um Jerusalem's scattered. The Jewish faith is in different different kind of secondary locations now.
0: Base out of Yavni.
3: Right. And um, and by this point, Christianity is also taking quite a beating from Nero and other uh, Caesars who haven't been so fond. So I, th- I my theory is that these seven assemblies, which interesting enough are like sort of as amphitheater look with Ephesus being the the main speaker. Nice. And Ephesus is here, nice. and then you've got this arc. circle. Yeah. Um, these I think were like kind of the remaining powerhouses of the communities that are centralized in the midst of the Roman Empire to get the message out effectively in both okay. directions. Okay. They're like if you're looking for somebody who's in a good location who's still pretty strong, these are they. Okay. So if I'm you know, I'm
0: looking for a place to put in a, a really spectacular eighteen hole golfers, these are the cities.
3: Get it. Okay. Kind of like if you wanted to um, if you wanted a message being sent to America and you would like it to reach, you know, a wide range People, you wouldn't necessarily find. uh, You wouldn't necessarily go to Los Angeles, even though it or Gastonia. You would definitely not go to Gastonia. You might want to try to go to something huge like Los Angeles, but it's not the best geographic location. Whereas, if you sent, you know, you you sent the message to Dallas, Texas, or Chicago, kind of in the middle to cover both sides, but it's still huge. That makes sense. Now, a nuclear apocalypse happens, and Chicago's out of the picture. Then you're stuck Dallas, and that's what I'm saying. Jerusalem's gone. So you're not sending the message to Jerusalem. Gotcha. You're All sending right. it somewhere else, and these are the next. So message. these are my
0: secondary locations. I still find it almost awkward. It's weird. I don't them. they are right there. And I don't think you can come up with a reason why he would choose right there when there were larger belief communities in the world at that time. Laodicea hello, I think he knew of these towns. That's all I'm saying. He knew of these towns. One can only assume he knew of these towns because even one person came and said, yeah, I visited all the communities here locally. I mean, you know, you can only go so far walking, but here's, you know, there's seven communities pretty nearby. Even one person, let alone seven, one from each one, would give him a let's write to these folk kind
1: of thing. Speculation. That, that seemed to be uh, following in Yeshua's example while he was here as well. He, he didn't really hit the major places unless it was the time of year when everybody does that. But he was frequently in smaller areas. Yes. With with smaller crowds, and of course the crowds would then multiply greatly knowing that he was there. But it is interesting that I was thinking that too. I mean, I don't know if um, Egypt or you know there was other other spots that I was thinking when that scattering happened that there would have been greater um, amounts of believing people in other areas besides these places. But obviously they were significant.
3: May also be symbolic, you know, chosen because each one represents a different teaching, thing they wanted to hit on, uh, not like, you know, Yeshua going to, um, all the way up to the very top of the country, uh, in the far corner, uh, to, uh, what is the name of that location? Were,
0: were you born in
3: yeah. key? No, no, almost to Lebanon, he goes all the way up to the very corner, up there where the Banias Falls are today, That's and nice. while he's up that area, he um, he chooses to go up there because there's like a pagan temple and that's where the gates of hell will not prevail against it, comment comes. So that location, he wants to go there, I think, because he wants to make a visual point with his teaching he wants to reference. So in this case, Laodicea offers, you know, these seven assemblies offer excellent examples of certain kind of universal character traits that they're, I'm, I hear you that John has, may have a connection to them, but I'm talking about why Yeshua specifically picks these prophecies sure. up.
0: And and that's where, you know, Josiah and the Martin team, who are listening online, by the way, um, hey. you know, say the same thing. You know, he was told who to write to. You know, Yeshua wants to send a message to these. And it could be, in fact, that the master simply wanted to use these folks as examples.
4: But we, we don't know. My only other thing is, where was the diaspora congregated at? Could could that have anything to do with it? It's possible. Um, You know, they left.
0: They left Israel. Right? So, they're going to go north, they're going to go south. Um, We understand that the time, we've got 500 years where people have just gotten out of Israel. And um, when they left, some went north. Through Lebanon, Syria over the top, through Turkey, and ended up in uh, Eastern Europe. And these are the Ashkenazi. That's, That's where they came from. Some left, and they went south. They went through Egypt, they went over the top of Africa, and they jumped over the water to Portugal and Spain, and these are the Sephard. It's as simple as that. We understand that's where they ended up. 500 years later, after the Geonim are done providing input and the Babylonian exile is done, and we've got Jews all over the place, the bottom line is, You've got players, you've got Jews, you've got believers in Messiah all over the world. We're so focused on where Jews went, Orthodox, probably non-believing Jews, that there's really no way to tell where did the believing Jews go and here's, that's where the writer of Hebrews is at. Do I, do I choose the camaraderie of the Jews or do I and the temple, which is now gone? Gosh, that's a bummer. What do I do now? Versus do I go where I can get fellowship in Yeshua? And I think the writer of Hebrews is, is abundantly clear. Yeshua is the play here. Forsake anything else that might make you feel better. Yeshua is the play. So, I think we lose where did the believing Jews go? All we have is this circle of seven. Which could have been reached
3: either way. So. Alright, well that was great. I think chapter one, summary of the exper- Yeshua's revelation.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, first off, it reminds me so much of the song of Lori. I read on Shabbat. Hair white and eyes flaming fire and mm-hmm. all these amazingly shocking and disturbing sounding Feet of uh, attributes. Feet of is bronze. Isn't it
0: cool when we go through the uh, the prayers we just did? When we don't have a minion. It's It's song of right? And yes. it's, it's got hair is white and his hair is white and yet, his black and white and yet it's stiff black.
3: Yeah, he's young yet he's old. Yeah, and this character though resembles very much. Um, the uh, the person you see in the beginning of Ezekiel, and also um, uh, brings back memories from visions from Daniel. So you've got uh, these. Uh, this is not. This is a loaded description. Is what I'm trying to say. It's not just meant to make you go, "Whoa, that was scary," but you're supposed to be. Oh yeah, i I've, I've heard this before. Um, and John, I believe my personal opinion, John had the most understanding of the apostles of the divinity of Messiah not that the others didn't believe it but I think it made sense to him um, he grasped it better I maybe this may is why but he seems to focus on it more than anybody else does um, and he does par- and partly is through imagery which you get very much in the book of Revelation absolutely Daniel 7 Josiah says
0: is, uh, is where it's where we would see it's exactly right. All right, two and three. We've got uh, repentance for the assembly at Ephesus. How? How do we understand that? I mean, again, the, the whole study we're doing is what about me?
2: Okay.
0: This is a definitely a Gentile assembly. How? How is it you repent in a so, Gentile assembly
2: outside of Torah? Repent yeah. to what? Turn to what? right. And again, um, repent. The King of Heaven is at hand. Yeah. Turn to what?
0: Yeah, exactly right. So the the Torah appears to be a a big deal. I'm really curious. Those who would say they're Jews but are not. Who? Help me understand that.
2: Could it be Jews that aren't truly Jews? What does that
0: mean? Jews that are not truly Jews. Tell me what that means, Scott.
2: I um, don't know God. Jews that don't know God.
0: Oh. God, so, no, I say, when I say Jew, I think something physical. I don't think something phys- uh, spiritual. Is that not you're going.
2: I don't know if he's crossing
0: over into that yeah. by saying this. I don't know. What's the that's biggest that's problem with the Jewish community that the Jewish community has, Jewish believing community, has with Messianics today? What is the biggest problem the Jewish community, believing Jewish community, has with
4: Messianics like us? Messianics claim to be Jew, all in the sense of purpose, both blood and spiritual, I assume. We're, we are somehow we're, we're the lost tribe, right? So,
0: <laughs> so we're, according to some, and I'm quoting, committing spiritual Holocaust because we were not supposed to be trying to get the Torah. No, no, that's not their concern. As much as we're not Jews, so how does that bear itself out? Well, do you do you worry? wear a tallit? I'm quoting a Messianic leader's wife. Of course he doesn't wear a tallit. Why would he do that? He's not Jewish. That was right here. The sign commands. Don't wear Zitzi. The sign commands were given to Jews, not to Gentiles. You're wearing a kippah. You're pretending to be Jewish. That's where this concept is today. That we're not one of Messiah. What Paul said, there's no longer Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, Scythian or Greek. But actually there is. And mm-hmm. the you Gentiles can keep the Torah if you want to, but you don't have to. And you Jews, well, how do we know you're Jews? Well, you're keeping those commandments, and you've got the sign commands, the Sabbath, the Kippah, the Tzitzit, Tephilim, is a Jewish commands. Oh. That's why it says specifically... Keeping the Pesach, well that's you Jews and your Gentiles. That's where they're coming from. That's
3: the thing. But in this particular passage, the ones who are say they are Jews but are not, they're the villains in the story. So I was thinking more of the converts to Judaism who are claiming Jewish literally claiming Jewish genetics because well, of the I, the doctrine of conversion. Sure. Well, they're I not reading. Really. Sure. Um, I'm talking about now but back
0: then sure I think it's that I also think it's folks that are I mean, remember when we're reading now we're about to tip the scale Gentiles practicing the Torah and being joined to Judaism in the most natural and biblical sense that we all believe is falling by the wayside now as Joshua said within 10 maybe 20 years at the most from the writing of what you're reading now we have a new religion called Christianity and Judaism has nothing to do with the living Messiah I tell you there are people today who claim to be Jewish because they have a Jewish heart. I've got Jews, physical Jews, more than three, I can name off the top of my head, that have looked me in the eye and said, yep, you've got a Jewish heart. You're probably Jewish. just don't realize it. That's what's motivating you to keep the Torah and to do all this stuff. You're more religious than I am, Joseph. I look at them and say, that's a bunch of hooey. The promise to Abraham was that not only his offspring, but the nations would be blessed through his obedience and through his seed. I'm part of the nations. You denigrate my father. You disavow his promise. By claiming that I have some portion. Because I've got some kind of Jewishness stuck in there somewhere. I don't. I'm a Gentile through and through. But i point joined myself. To his people. To his God. To his Messiah. That's completely different from saying that I'm Jewish. I wear a kippah almost every day. Actually, every day outside, but almost every day inside. And when I go out and I meet somebody, sometimes they'll say, I didn't mean, know you were Jewish. Well, I'm not Jewish. What would make you think that? Well, well you've got that keep it on thing, yeah. Yeah, it's thing on your head yeah you've Never got that keep on <laughs> right but and so I'm using that as the conversation to make it clear that I'm a Gentile but I've been joined to Israel through the death burial and resurrection of their Messiah whom I've recognized is the Messiah that's a great story. Who is it that would say they're Jews but are not? Would you not agree with me that by definition they're Gentiles? Who can do this with no help? So it's Gentiles who are saying they're Jews but are not. You need to wrestle with that.
3: And are creating division over it. Absolutely. I think that's what I like. Philadelphia to me is such a great picture of what this is doing. Because Yeshua's response to them is, "says I have set before you an open door which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I will make the synagogue of Satan, who say they are Jews but are not, and are not but lie. Behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet. And I think that this reference to me, I just it sounds so much like, um, oh, you you want to be you want to keep the Torah, you want to do you want to be connected to the God of Israel. Well, you have to convert and become Jewish." I did. You've got to be like me if you really want to be in. And if, you're, and if you're not, well, well, you're out. And I don't want anything to do with you. You can't come to my synagogue. You can't eat with me because you're not Jewish. So I'm going to shut that door against you. And Yeshua's response is, I'm going to open a door and no one can shut it. At the end of this passage, what he ends with is amazing. He's writing to Gentiles and he says, The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God the language he just dropped there because he's basically saying is you who are excluded even by gentiles who think they're jews i'm going to make you a centerpiece in the temple the holiest place in judaism Mm -hmm. because you're going to live with god forever because you held true to me and didn't deny me when they offered you that opportunity to get in with them and I think that's why Philadelphia to summarizes this relationship. Obviously, I think it's really funny. He, uh, his, he references, he has the keys of David. And then at the end of the story, he says, I'll make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Pillar in the temple of my God, for those of you who have read the Shabbat prayers recently, is the Shabbat song, which is a song of David. So that's kind of funny.
0: So to summarize this whole concept... I think it ironic that the Christian church today, the visible representation of the quote-unquote church claims to have the in with God and that they're the new Israel and that they've replaced Israel. What are they claiming? To be Well, Jews. But they're not. The promises weren't given to them. They were were given to Abraham and his offspring. So, I may be projecting out a little beyond 100. But I think Joshua's right. In the immediate circumstance, you've got those who've converted to Judaism and are claiming, you want a place in the world to come?
3: Convert to Judaism. And by this point, I think that probably means you can leave that issue a thing at the door. Exactly. I had that scenario
4: play out uh, last week, last Friday. Um, I to the story gets improved, I was wearing my kippah and my um, tz. Yeah. And this woman came running up to me while I was at the um, cashier, and she said, Sir, are you Jewish? And I said, no. And she's like, oh. And she's like so excited. She's like, oh wait, are you Messianic? And I went ahead and said, yes. And she just turned around and walked right away. Yeah. And I looked at it, I was like, I wonder what that was all about. Yeah. But yeah. that yeah. was the rest Messianic, of that. messianic <laughs> is the, uh,
0: I just, uh, I just came across that today. Messianic is is a, is a, an adjective that I I'm struggling with.
4: Maybe I should have said I am. I don't know. when someone
0: when someone says messianic today, I'm more confused by what they mean, which they haven't said, right. than just about any other time term. You know? Mm. Uh, do you have syphilis? No. I get that one. I got that. Not syphilis. The concept.
1: Thank
2: you. Uh, <laughs> I, I think the problem is is that no offense you shut down your opportunity for them to ask another question and allow them to take on the assumption of what they already saw as a messianic so whereas when you said no I'm not Jewish that was a truthful answer no I'm not Jewish are you a messianic? no no you said, yeah. I said yes you should have said couldn't you have said no? because are you really I was, I was,
4: with the, I was hit, at his, I was thinking, yeah. what did she mean by that? I For but, the sake of argument, said no, I said yes. But you so said no, <laughs> she
2: would have asked you another question. Yeah. It's, well, it's a coin flip. It's,
0: it's, it's, it's a, a, a coin flip.
3: Asking, <laughs> what do you mean by that? Sure. It's right.
0: a coin flip. You never That's know right. where they're coming from. Yeah. And yeah. and my wife taught me this years and years ago. She would say, I'm not
2: you're wrong, provoking thought. They, yeah. they yeah. want to know what church you go to. What church you go? Are, juice are you
0: are you a Christian? They want to know what church you go to. No, they don't care whether or not you're a believer or not. No. They want to know, know what church you are. You're Presbyterian. You're Baptist. You're Seventh right. Day Adventist. Catholic. That's the deal. So, the Messianic thing. When I think of Messianic in this town, I think of Hope of Israel. Right. And when you say Hope of Israel, what do I think? Baptist. Baptist in Italy. <laughs> do they is- keep the Torah? No. Do they keep the Sabbath? No. I'm not trying to denigrate them. I'm not saying they're right or wrong. I'm just saying this is a fact because I've asked them. I went there for a year. Are they great people? Absolutely. Some of the most loving I've ever met.
2: We had a lady try to save us from there. Right. (laughs) So
0: so when they say now, are you Messianic in this town? I have to say no. I respond with not yes or no, but we practice Judaism. (laughs) How about you? Doss the ball back. Right. He who asked the question is in control. (laughs) And when I say I practice Judaism, I didn't know you were Jewish. I'm not. What would make you ask that? Well, I practice Judaism. Don't you? Well I'm a Christian. They do. <laughs> I'm well I'm a Christian. So Oh. So Jesus? And I nod. I'm saying <laughs> that. <And laughs> there <That's> <laughs> <trouble. laughs> you go, Yeah. And I go, wasn't he Jewish? I I, I think it was Orthodox too. Orthodox Jewish rabbi. He's my Messiah. Is he your Messiah? Yes. Well, in Matthew 5, he said, if if you love me, you'll Practice Judaism. Well, keep, keep my commandments. I mean, it's,
4: isn't it the same thing? You're just confusing me now. <laughs> yeah. But I think in his situation,
2: that person, I would have imagined... Actually, ask a question. Do you think that one was Jewish?
0: Yes. Okay. So when you said you're a messianic, she did not want everything exactly. to do with you.
2: Exactly. Because you're was. a threat. Because yeah. if she were is... a Christian, she would have asked another question. That's right. right. I agree. If she... We're Jewish. And you said, I practice Judaism. Right. She then she might be more I'm a Gentile. I practice Judaism. Yeah. It, it is kind Have of. Have
0: you converted? <laughs> not yet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting on this. It your time. may be a thousand. <laughs> exactly. But,
0: uh, yeah. Are we talking
4: spiritually here?
0: Or <laughs> or no, it's a physical question. Damien, have you converted?
2: And where <laughs> <laughs>
4: He'll convert you. When I was, was at. A, <laughs> <converse>. <laughs> wait till the end of class. She was, <laughs> she was trying. <laughs> um, What's this?
2: Uh, Rock, Rock Hill. Yeah. So you? She really thought. Where is Jew doing here? And in, uh, in well, Rock Hill. It's, well, Jew so may have been only
0: the second one in town. Well,
1: it's it's so hit or miss because like I I I feel like I've experienced that too where like you get asked that question and. That it's it's odd if somebody is Jewish to look at somebody with a kippa and tzitzit and ask if they're Jewish. In fact, I've had the opposite happen, like at Trader Joe's. Like, this woman was like, oh, finally, somebody. Where can you get any kosher meat around here? And she, like, literally assumed I was Jewish. Right. And we had a great conversation. What? Don't go to
2: What's wrong? I know. And I
1: was like, Gleberman's is the only place? I mean, you know, anyway, it was really a fun little yeah. exchange. But, like, she just assumed. Because she herself was Jewish. Sure. And there wasn't even a question. So I always wonder, like, when people ask that, like, are they actually Jewish? Because most of the time... I mean, what's well, like just, a priest in his well, little in his yeah, place. Uh, it's got Are you, a, are, you, Catholic. Are, you Catholic? are you Catholic? I know yeah, Catholic? <laughs> I know, it's like WWJD t-shirt like, <laughs> are you a Christian? Like, why would you even do <laughs> uh, the elevation uh, right? Yeah. I uh, remember when I was uh, I was chatting what would with do? a Jewish
0: man. Yeah. in the workplace. and a large Catholic man Camera on the corner, he knew me. He knew my last name. For those of you listening along online, it's Squicerini. and uh, it's a, it's a good Irish name. And uh, he looked at me, and he's Italian. And he said, "What's a good Italian boy like you doing practicing Judaism?"
1: What kind of question is that? I'm
0: talking to a known Jewish man when he interrupts our conversation. So I looked at him, my father having grown up Catholic, and I said, well, as we examine our faith, I find that I have a whole lot more in common with him and his faith than I do with you or your faith. He looked like I hit him in the forehead with a two by four yeah. for a half a second, and then he walked away. I've never seen the man since. I have seen the Jews several
3: times. <laughs> so I just came back to the whole Jewish nature of, of this book we've been studying, Revelation. I think that it's uh, pretty funny. We're talking to the Torah. was the standard of right? Right. The uh, the specific sins called out. Not once, but twice. Two different assemblies get these all by name are immorality, which I think all Christians can believe, that is you know, one of the worst sins you can do. Um, there was basically only one thing you could do wrong in youth group, and that was marital <laughs> sex. That's right. Um, but the other one is food sacrifice to idols, which oddly enough, Paul takes pretty seriously too, which sounds a whole lot like the Torah.
0: Amen. That's exactly right. Actually, I actually remember when In fact, Duke, does, does the Christian, the visible representation of, of Christianity today, does it have any problem with food that's sacrificed to idols? I mean, we've got a, a member of our community that actually ended up with a whole box of meat that when he opened said it was halal meat. Well,
2: that is not what goes in your mouth. Oh, it's, it's what, what you're comes- it's what you poop. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, I think that's what you poop, too.
2: But that's what the Church would say. That's right.
0: That's their only defense. defense. You do whatever you want, because it's just going to pass right through.
3: Hmm. And yet, Yeshua himself, Yeshua, twice, manages food sacrifice styles idols being a problem. Interestingly enough, this particular issue immorality morality of food sacrifice to idols is a critical point in the Torah when you're talking about... Um, Existential threats to the people of Israel—the the, 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 the spiritual, the true spiritual Holocaust. Because right. God says multiple times, "Don't go hanging out with their girls, because you're going to end up giving your sons to their girls, and they're going to get married, and then they're going to take your sons. And they're going to worship their gods, and the sons are going to join them. And the whole uh, immorality leads to idolatry connection." Over and over and over again, in the Torah. It's so interesting to me that that's those are the sins that get called out by name in these first couple books of uh, chapters of Revelation. Mm-hmm. So he's not going out there saying that you were mean to people or that you uh, you know didn't uh, didn't go to church on Sunday. He specifically calls out two things that are steeped in Torah uh, language. I mean, this goes back to what we were talking
1: about before too in uh, Second Peter. There's also very uh, obvious connections between lust and immorality and idolatry. Mm. And I think it's it's so cool that Yeshua focuses on the Drosh of Balaam, like Mm. as the pinnacle example of that. Right. Because it's exactly what happens.
3: Right. Yeah. He he convinces the Midianites to seduce the Israelites and lead them to idolatry. Yeah. And God judges them.
0: So I bring up uh, James chapter 2 and verse 2. Synagogue. Synagogue. It is the word synagogue. And believe it or not, as much as they mess up, it's translated as synagogue. Everywhere. Especially synagogue of Satan which appears in 2 verse 9 and 3 verse 9.
3: Where does much appear?
0: James chapter 2 and verse 2. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in and you can re-rest. Now you suppose that was Translated as assembly by the English translators. The Omer. Can you, I mean, <laughs> It is the Omer. Yeah. Why do you suppose they chose assembly? A lot of righteous people in here. That's right.
2: <laughs> Harps playing everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> why
0: would, why would the translators about. choose assembly instead of synagogue?
2: To make it sound like a church. Exactly right. I don't think there's any assembly other explanation. rather than God's people? Same thing? Assembly being an assembly of it's
0: synagogue. It's the word synagogue. So it should say, for if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your synagogue, and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in. But they use the word assembly, and I think that's exactly right. The only reason they would translate it as assembly is so it sounded more Gentile. It sounded more churchy, rather than say if that said synagogue, it would never be quoted from the Pope. Okay, we move on. The uh, the concept of Balaam you just mentioned, how would you know about Balaam without the Torah? I mean, is it possible? I'm assuming every assembly he's writing to is primarily Gentile. How would they know about the sin of Balaam? How would they know about Balaam? Here's, here are these people that have been converted from paganism and killing cats and doing weird, troubling, we can't even talk about it kind of things. They come into the assembly of God. And John writes to them about Balaam. How would they know? every Shabbat. It's Here, either you're going to read the Torah every Shabbat or there's an underlying understanding that when somebody new comes in you give them this book of I don't know stuff you got to learn is there stuff you've got to learn that's in some odd book, or just really one book. And you'll learn that book and those teachings over time. Put that down. Is there, is there an alternative that I'm missing?
3: Well, he uses it like an idiom. He uses it like a cultural phrase. You know, like the teachings of Balaam. Sort of like we would say, you know, use the force Luke and people would know what that means because it's part of the culture. I mean Now, i can argue But it's part of the culture only if you know the Torah. It's
0: part of the culture. Well, there you
3: go. Right, what I'm saying though, is it like he uses it <laughs> Thank with, you very much he, for expecting no explanation. It. <laughs> he doesn't you know, like if I were to look at you and say, um, you know, use the force, Luke. To clarify, this is this mystical space <laughs> religion in which you can move things around with your mind, and you be getting glazed over, going, "Okay, what's your point?" So Yeshua doesn't need to say, "Balaam, who, by the way, he sedu- he convinces the Midianites to seduce the." have the other story.
4: Yeah. I would have used the phrase "glock and king" the way it's a hand. Exactly. Know, hand yeah. Exactly. <laughs> get your glock and get those
0: guys. <laughs> get my and do what to do? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Okay. I like it. We're just going to roll through here. Um, the assembly in Thyatira. They were encouraged to keep Yeshua's works until the end. What in the world does that mean? What work did Yeshua accomplish? I think there's two answers. One is... Probably only I know, and the other one, what's, what, what 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 did what work
1: did Yeshua accomplish?
2: On, on your behalf, Gregory.
1: Well, is
2: that same thing thing here? Okay. I don't so
1: what? So the, well, the the work that he accomplished was propitiation through the shedding of his blood, on the cross, and raising from the dead.
0: Hallelujah, and through this, belief. That this did happen. and He is the righteous one sent from God. We have a place in the world to come. Do you think that's the works he's talking about? That's a single work, isn't it? He died for us. That's one work. What are the works that they're talking about here? Or that he's talking about here? His works. Continue Keeping in his it? works. Who's the quintessential Israelite that Isaiah speaks of? It's Israel. Well, yeah, but there's one that he seems to be pulling out as the ensemble. What? Who is it that was without sin? Who is it that kept the Torah? Who is it that didn't need propitiation for his own sins?
3: You have a contrast here. Verse 22 says... About this wicked Jezebel, mm. unless they repent of her works, exactly. And then a little while later, <clears throat> verse twenty-six, who keeps my works.
0: <clears throat> so, what's referencing in in one word? what's he talking about? Keeping the
1: Torah, Torah. or the commandments, commandments, the commandments. And the reason that I think it's it makes like um, the the thing that it points to. Instead of saying the commandments, calling them Yeshua's works, I think what that points to is Yeshua's layer that he put on the keeping of commandments, the example he mm-hmm. set of keeping okay. the commandments, yeah. with love. Yep. Going back to what it with says love in John, and being the thing that differentiates his disciples from sure. other people that sure. just keep the commandments. Sure. And an understanding that it's the heart of
0: it. It's not just the machinations. Right. Why are you doing it? Yeah. Good. good.
2: Yeah. Okay. So what's the other part that you would only the answer to? It was that one.
4: Sorry. He, he had a round answer. answer, yeah. But you guys no, knew.
2: That what was it. it? There were two parts.
4: No, they're right. They're it's they're
0: either they're his work year. of dying on the cross or his works of keeping the commandments and encouraging everyone else that he ever met to keep the commandments, and if you're Jewish, to return and turn around and repent from those evil works and do the works of his father. Yeah. I was being proud. I apologize.
2: No, I yeah.
0: okay. Philadelphia, you already spoke of uh, of it here, Joshua. Who, who is the synagogue of Satan? Second time.
3: I like the idea. So it sounds demonic, right? I mean, it sounds like oh, no, it are, sounds horrible. Yeah, these are these are devil worshippers. I know where you dwell.
0: You, <laughs> you. yes, <But laughs> I, think,
3: I think the word Satan there is an interesting name rather than the devil, and the reason is because of what it means. So Hasatan in Hebrew is a character. Yes, so. Well, he's the adversary, but he's more than that. What you know what he does? Like his primary role? Constantly accusing. Accusing. Yes. He's the accuser is the other term that sometimes you see the accuser. So the adversary is of like court of law, right? He's the prosecuting attorney, so to speak. Um so the synagogue of Satan, I think that name is used on purpose. Because I think what they're doing is they are accusing they're dividing they're saying you aren't Jewish therefore you are not part of the people of God I am cutting you out because what is is, if you look studying Judaism they say that like basically like Hasatan's like do you want to do the work of Satan in Judaism you you bring in division between 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 people of God because that is the worst that you can do as to what Alex said earlier yeah Oh, that's good. That's
0: good. So the synagogue of Satan would be just this community who, as part of their nature, it's are dividing the people of God.
3: Wow. Which like is pretty scary to think I like about. that. That means, not, I mean, I'm not trying to be delicate how I say this, but anybody who's out there trying to divvy up the people of God is, knowingly or not, yeah. participating in the synagogue of Satan. Yeah. Well, now that
0: it's on the internet, I'm going to make sure everybody hears you say that. Um, So I'm just thinking, again, back to the Messianic leaders of Messianic Judaism today. Uh, And the vast majority are promoting a a division. Mm -hmm. The Jews have a little bit of priority there. Sign commands, right? And we don't want to step on their stuff. We've been joined with them. But hey, 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 hey. It's the Jew first. And then the Gentile.
3: I'm okay with eating second as long as I place the table.
0: <laughs> I'm concerned, and I, th- I think I've shared this before, I recognize God did not choose me. I am not Jewish. And okay. And it is okay. Because he's given me an opportunity. Through his son. And I recognize that he loves his people. And he chose them. Not because they're anything special. That has nothing to do with it. But because he chose them, they are special. And I am commanded to bless them. Now, it is true. If I bless them, he must bless me. But that's not the reason. I am second class, and I recognize that. And I don't have any problem with that at all. And I think if I try to put myself on par with the Jewish believer, I believe I'm making a mistake. You may not agree, it's okay, but that's my current perspective with regard to my position in the universe. All right, we got our last assembly, Laodicea. This is the one everybody remembers. If you can't remember any of the seven, this one, of course, everyone remembers. A Neither cold nor warm, Yeshua would spit them out of his mouth. This is the word emeo, from which we get emesis, which is, of course, a medical term for the process or action
2: of vomiting. I was reading Spirit about that goes. today. Yeah. Um, because in CrossFit they have a character whose name is Puky the Clown. Ah, Puky the Clown. And because inevitably at some point in your you CrossFit life you, you will blow chunks, right? There it is. And there's a scientific thing that happens where it literally it, your body is evacuating out of all the contents from its stomach. Yeah. And it gives you a visual that you're not just spitting something out. It you're really forcefully That's leaving right. your That's body. Right. That's exactly and right. Yeshua, your, your,
0: your body can't stand to have mm-hmm. your body ca-
2: Yes she was casting that out of exactly because it's totally exactly different visual times <laughs> spit that out I mean you kind of upset with somebody but when you were truly removing yeah. it, evacuating it yeah it, it a the, whole the, the Greek
0: here is very helpful to get that visceral reaction you know and when you're, you're vomiting or spewing up like this, can't help it. All things. It's just not part of you. Your body is disgusted with it to the point where it physically ejects it. it doesn't speak very highly of the folks at understand.
3: Yeah, but it sounds so much like we just read the Torah portion. Don't, don't, don't do X, Y, and Z. Or the land will spit you out. That's right. It, it will, will spit vomit out. You, out. <laughs>
0: you out. It will force you out. It, can't, it simply cannot keep you there. That's way worse
2: than is that worse than being swallowed up by the land. I think it's worse. <laughs> that's a good point. I think point. it's worse than being swallowed up by the land. Yeah. All right.
0: So we, we close up with uh, the seven openings for each assembly, and the seven closings for each assembly, and in the, you know the conqueror to one to the one who conquers. Every single one opens with that, and the word conquer, of course is Nike, It's the shoe. Just do it. Just do it, right? So, did you guys look through this? You, can you make anything out of that? Did you, did you find something that seemed cool that, uh, you know, I just, I didn't wanna try and throw you, but uh, I thought the left column was an amazing description of Master. And things you would never think about. Mm-hmm. The one who holds the seven stars in his right hand. Who walks among the seven golden lampstands. Who died and came to life. Who has a sharp two-edged sword. Who has eyes like a flame of fire and whose feet are burnished with bronze. Who has the seven spirits of God. And let's talk about the seven stars again because they're really important. The true one. The words of the Holy One. The key of David. What was it no one will shut? Shut. No one will open. The faithful and true witness beginning, the Ark of God's creation. That's my master. I think it's pretty cool. So what would you get from the right side? Anything that uh, kind of got it? You mentioned the pillar in the Temple of God. That's pretty cool, especially
1: for Gentile. Just like with the Balaam reference, you would need to know the Torah to get the manna reference. Oh, that's true too, yeah,
3: yeah. It's even cooler if you think about like his previous reference was uh, the parallels with that one is the words of him as a sharp two-edged sword. Well, the sword comes out of his mouth, which is a reference to the word God. Right, right. Manna, in the story, is given. Why? That you may know that man is not led by bread alone, but, but by every word that comes, comes out, out, of, out of, of the mouth of God.
0: God. Ooh. I like it. I like it. What it about just, that white stone deal? Yeah, I was thinking... The mark of the boundary stones. It could be. It could be. I'm reminded of somebody who's blackballed. You know, all the white stones and the... Hoop. Oh, you got the black stones. <laughs>
4: yeah. mm. um, the Urum and Thorm are they colored stones? I
2: don't know. I don't
4: know. I think Lighten they're thought of to be white and black, aren't they? <laughs> got me. There. Got I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was <laughs> yeah.
1: The hidden mana made me think of the, the Ark, too. Mm-hmm. That's where, well, that's good. That's yeah. where it ended up. Yeah. The Muslims have
2: the black stone. Ooh.
3: You want the white stone.
2: His name <laughs> it, white okay. is... White is pure.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: How about that rod of iron? Psalm he rules two. with a rod of iron.
3: Psalm 2.
0: Yeah, we're going to talk uh, in the uh, eschatological talk about that. And why he would need to rule with a rod of iron. If he's ruling in the Messianic age.
4: There has to be subjects.
0: There's subjects. So why would he have to rule with the rod of iron? If everybody loves this guy.
4: Yeah.
0: Joshua writes. Left column, first box. I think the seven golden lampstands are a reference to the seven golden lampstands in the tabernacle. That's very cool, Josiah. Sorry, so it said Joshua, but Josiah. Um... Are there seven golden lampstands?
4: If you type menorah. Yeah, but there's seven lights.
0: There's seven lights, but not lampstands. That would be seven menorot.
3: I'm not sure what the Greek is and how that parallels to the word in Hebrew. But I don't know what the. Solomon's uh, temple
4: has set uh, oh, seven, seven. Or seven total. Seven total lights. Yeah, menorahs. Menorot. Menorot. Really? Yes.
0: Josiah? Alex says you're right. I like it. Good job. Alright. Anything else? Who knows about the name of God? Who can articulate that? John Sure, you wanna mention that? We'll write on him the name of God, the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes out out from God, out of heaven. And my own new name, no one knows his name. Anybody? You know what, you, you know what we're talking about? He writes, this thigh is written in the name of God and no one knows that name? To what would that be referring? How do you pronounce a yod, a hay, and a vav, and a hay?
3: Pretty sure I can think of some ways you're not supposed to pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Well, I yeah. think these people who like to ride bikes coming up and down the streets every now and then, yeah, And they're pretty vehement on how it's properly pronounced. Oh,
0: there you go. Yeah.
4: <laughs> so,
0: if, without being profane, um, the the Orthodox say that uh, the name of God was pronounced by the priests and only by the priests when they did the ironic blessing. In the temple. And that was the only time. And that since the days of the temple. With the temple. How to pronounce it. Has actually been lost in antiquity. And. Like the oral Torah. Do we have the oral Torah? Is it the Talmud? Well it's the best representation that we have. Of the oral Torah right now. But Messiah. Will teach us the oral Torah. And Messiah will tell us how to say the name of God. That I believe is the most Jewish thing in this entire book. Top. Last one, the one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. There's a reference, which will be next week, about reigning with him in Jerusalem. I think Alex's point earlier has got to be subjects. We can't all be in charge. We can't all reign with him. There's got to be somebody else to whom we are reigning over. And the fact that we will reign with him or somebody is going to reign with him sit on his throne is extraordinary. The fact that it it might actually include Gentiles, I also think,
2: is over the top. And the fact that after the thousand years, there's an uprising again shows that there is a resistance during Amen. That's
0: exactly right.
2: You would have to rule.
0: Don't spoil the whole movie now. But yeah, you're exactly right. If there's going to be an Armageddon, if there'll be an uprising, if Satan is to be bound, if the Satan is to be bound for a thousand years and then to be released to make war with the saints one last time, then yeah, there's there's obviously, according to this, a great multitude that would join with him. And this is at the end of the morning of on the side. So there's obviously some malcontents. I'm thinking they're the, uh, the folks that are
2: there. to go It's not
0: Comment? No. Anybody? Else? Revelation one through four. Summarize the message of all seven assemblies in a single statement.
3: Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is a hand. I like that one.
0: I had another one. Hey, bam! <laughs> bam. <laughs> you, do, you guys can't sit next to each other next time.
1: Got another look, Gregory. I, w- I was I was gonna say that one, but <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. darn. <laughs> How
0: about this? Get.
1: But we don't it's know. not worth it. <laughs> wow. There's things to come mm. that are far greater mm. than any fleeting pleasure. Uh, that's
0: good. That's good. I guess for the guys who are being persecuted, that might be a little hard for them to hear. But, but no, I get it, I get it. That's <laughs> yeah. good, that's good. Okay, so last question. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the assemblage. What in the world does
1: that mean? I always think of when Yeshua says, "Hear my sheep know my voice. Okay. Okay. So it's like we, meaning he who has an ear, let him hear, right? So the, it's like the voice of the shepherd. It's like, you, if you are one of his sheep. Pay attention. You perk up. You Immediately, should, You should be you, listening to what I'm saying. Right. I like it. And that it, it actually has an impact on your life. I never saw it that way. So
0: while his message to each of these seven different assemblies may or may not be pointed towards those who are walking well or, or even really in the faith, this final line is... If you are in the faith, then you must have an ear to hear. So for goodness sakes, pay attention right now. And it's a great way to close. I think that's that's neat. That's good. All right, we're gonna zip through Revelation so fast. It'll be the fastest revelation study you've ever done. It'll take about nine minutes next week. Literally. Four through eleven. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Or four through twelve. Four through eleven or twelve. Five. We just did four. Right? No, we three. did three. Uh, we did three two and three. Sure. So we're gonna. We're gonna take the first exactly. half of Revelation, four through eleven, and uh, or four through twelve. I can't
4: remember. Um, I think it's eleven. Is eleven. Yeah. Tw- twelve. Then is a
3: parenthetical. Is it's it the last verse in 11,
4: and 11 that I'm talking about?
3: All I know is that. Your study guide says... I get that. The last verse
0: in chapter 12 or chapter 11 talks about two groups. And that's what we're going to end up with on that. So you can check
2: that. And then we are doing a study, said so towards the end of the year? On the end times? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. Um, we're
0: going to take some time out. And then... Uh, uh, we've got at least one more class on our songs. How many of you are doing the Moda? in the morning? I am. Um, love that. So we're going to get you guys back for at least one more of those. I'm going to take a breather. When are you picking up for your uh, song? a month before Rosh Hashanah, right? Five, six weeks before? Four five weeks? Seven, but yeah. Seven weeks before Rosh Hashanah. He's going to pick up and uh, teach a class on the uh hopefully sh- seven sh- classes well right. if sh- you combine
3: two if we want to skip all try or whatever Sharp a sh- to the consolation.
0: so that's what's going that'll give me time to get scott martin and we're going to put that together and yes we're going to do an, a study on the end times mm-hmm. it'll be very uh, intense sure. so this has been uh, from time to time amazingly easy i mean you can drive here and while you're stuck to the light you can do what you need to do so and
2: all sure. you know, like, that Are we skipping through Revelation currently because we are playing to No,
0: we're skipping through Revelation because this study has nothing to do with the end times. It has everything to do about our Holocaust and how we should and are commanded to, to live and act as believers today. And the book of Revelation is all apocryphal about the future. Gotcha. So there's nothing for us to learn from that. Um, I, I know that there's at least one spot and it's either the last verse in 11 or the last verse in 12, I can't remember. Sorry, I brained it. Um, um, so we'll stop. We'll focus on that for a little bit. And I can assure you, you're going to read from 4 to the end of the book this week. You're literally going to read all 22 chapters of Revelation minus the three you've already done. 19 chapters. Just read to it one time, no big deal if you see anything halakhic, great jump on it, if you don't I didn't so we're not going to do it. that's not the last class next week we'll finish Revelation and we will have finished the entire book the entire Apostolic Scriptures it's the following week that we'll do the summary and I'll try and go through four volumes that we've written here and pull out what we've seen So all those references to the uh, Book of Mormon and all those things, we'll we'll have them all laid out so we can get these numbers and move forward. That'll close it out. Okay? Good questions? All right. Gregory. Yes, sir. This is the first class we've gotten long. In 60 lessons.
1: I'm blaming that on you. Would you pray for us? I'd be happy to. Abino Malkino, our father, our king. It is such a privilege and an honor to study together as men, to study your word, to do our best to rightly divide your word and to understand everything. And we pray that you would continue to open our hearts, open our minds to the truth that we study. That we can apply it to our lives and walk it out every day, that we could be living testimonies of Messiah Yeshua everywhere we go, because we've internalized these truths and they've they've manifested themselves in our walk. Thank you. we pray, Father, that you would continue to bless my father-in-law for his efforts and for his hospitality and his house becoming truly a house study. We pray that you would you keep us all safe this week. And we are so grateful. For your love and for your many, many blessings that you have bestowed upon us, we are mostly grateful for our Saviour, Messiah Yeshua, the work that has been done on our behalf. We pray all these things in His name. Amen. 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 Amen.